At 19 past 10 a.m., a lady called Justine Sacco tweets, Going to Africa. Hope I don't get AIDS. Just kidding. I'm white. To her 200 followers. 1.30 p.m., journalist Sam Biddle posts the tweet on Valley Wag. The story goes viral. 5.30 p.m., has Justine landed yet? Starts trending worldwide. It's tweeted over 10,000 times. 6 a.m., Justine arrives in Cape Town. Twitter user Zach at Zach underscore R photographs her getting off the plane. So he's there waiting for her to land. Later that day, her employer, IAC, confirms they have sacked her. Next day, Twitter moves on. Sacco is left unemployed and her reputation is ruined. Obviously, what she said is terrible banner. It's just like, you've like, you've, you're missing the social radar when you think you could drop that bomb and people not get slightly peed off. But one of the things he says here is, uh, one of the comments made is, the punishments we are doling out for nothing, for some badly worded jokes, are devastated. Um, and he talks about that being kind of like this, this issue, how we interact with um, one another is, is just, is just is changing so much, especially online. So for example, if someone made that joke to you kind of face to face, as much as there are jokes that are made that are inappropriate and no one is saying what she said is cool, like that's not an okay joke, that's racist, that's dangerous, that's white. But she's done that and that's, and that's not cool. But like, if that was like a face to face conversation, how we'd react with that is we'd probably go like, that's not funny. We might tell a few of our friends and that's kind of it and it passes on. But with online and with social media, something like that, there's this separation of the statement and the human being and the individual. And so it goes crazy. And the consequences for a statement, which if you made in your workplace, which would still be an inappropriate setting, still wouldn't have the same ramifications of his, an immediate dismissal on that exact day. Whereas because it's online and because it's grabbed huge popularity and because it's trending and because people around the world are looking at it, the implications on that pressure on that company is higher than it would be in any other setting. So how we act online and how we see things rightly or wrongly is it gets magnified to crazy levels. Now a lot of Twitter trolls and the way people interact with one another, there is this huge separation from how we are with individuals. And I can prove that forgetting any sensational story like that I can take that with um, simple things that we've done here as a church last year we did a series called New Era I think it was last year now time flies and I had that triangle if you guys remember there were three triangles there was the all seeing eye and in the eye the pupil was the City Hill logo and um, man I'm telling you like the way people commented to me, people who are like my friends, people who I've known for a long time, um, the way they responded to me was insane. And then, if you put it to another way, I met one of my heroes this year and I took a selfie of Rob Bell and I posted that online. If you saw the messages I got from people, wow. I mean, I know the guy is hated in, in Christian circles and I know he's like liberal and I know on some things he's a bit heretical and I totally get that. 
but it is just a selfie. It's not saying, I've taken a picture of Rob Bell because everything he's ever said or done, I vouch for and I live my life by. And I think what he, just everything he breathes, I'm totally there. I'm just saying one of my greatest inspirations. Inspirations normally says like this guy kind of inspires me. Like if a music artist says that about someone, like they inspire me. Not many people take that as literally I will live walk for walk, step for step in Beyonce's shoes. Like there's not many people who do that. But I take the selfie and I get all sorts of feedback. Some of it banter, some of it serious, some of it not so serious. Some of it saying, I don't know how you can even associate with this guy. Guy, He's not that heretic. I'm like, he's one of the best communicators I know. I want to be a better communicator want to be around him, want to learn this kind of stuff. That's not an adequate response, people keep going. One person says, such a shame. You had such great potential. Such a shame, you had such great potential. Completely, I'm, I'm now written off in all capacities of ministry because I've taken a selfie going next to Rob Bell. I'm done, I'm a write off. I've put this design called New Era. I'm totally mimicking, ripping off like the Illuminati, all that kind of jazz. I want to point out something new. I want to put a spin on it. Of course, my message isn't going to be endorsing anything they do. No, I know there's triangles. I haven't now switched. I didn't preach a whole series on the Egyptian Trinitarian God system from thousands of years ago. I didn't replace the resurrection with the Egyptian story of the resurrection. I don't, I've tried to get in the Illuminati. I've messaged them. I've, I've, I've hollered. They won't let me in. All that kind of crazy stuff. I had someone I've known for years when I did that call me stupid um, and be really rude and kind of abusive. And you know what's really, really funny? A lot of those people I've seen face to face. One person ignored me like I wasn't there. And then when I said hello, it was like, oh, how are you doing? And completely normal and said nothing. The other person just carried on with me as normal. But online, you can say it in that way. But in the real world, you can't. And it's not because, like, I'm not saying like they've come to me face to face and all of a sudden they're so scared of my, my physical prowess that I might decapitate them and, and deck them. That's not it at all. But how we treat people online and how we treat them in the real world is so terribly different. And it shouldn't be. It really, really shouldn't be. It really shouldn't be. So Luke chapter 6 and verse 27. But I say to you who hear... Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And for one who takes your cloak, do not withhold it from him, your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. So Jesus lists this teaching here. And this teaching is revolutionary and it changes a lot of things. Now he's speaking to his disciples. He's speaking to his followers. And later on in the passage, he's going to kind of lead round to that particular angle. But what he's saying there can change everything about how we live our lives. So often I find in, in conversations, in relationships and in a lot of things, what happens is people put bait out for us. They put bait out. You'll see it in those frenemy relationships Sometimes those family relationships that are a bit explosive and a bit dangerous where you, you know that what they've said and like sometimes you don't see behind it. They've just put it there as bait. They want to get you on a line and then they reel you in and they're going to keep going with it. And people cause you so much, so much hurt. Here, Jesus' teaching is like, forget the bait. 
forget what's hanging there in front of you, trying to get you to bite on it, to go for it, to, to take it in and find yourself ensnared on this, this painful hook, on this painful situation. Hey, you're right. Cool. That causes you, not only them damage, but cause you damage. He says, here's how you act. He says, love your enemies. Love them. And then he doesn't just say that and leave that as this, this statement that's there. Like a lot of Christians talk about loving their enemies, but he gives real practical ways to do it. He goes, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To the one who strikes you on your cheek, offer him the, also, the other also. Turn in the other cheek. I tell you what, if you want to do something in your social media lives that can change everything, it's this. Turn the other tweet. Turn the other tweet. It changes everything. I remember years ago, I was chatting to um, Governor because someone had tweeted him. And actually before him, I'd seen this happen with the truth as well. And I was chatting to some guys in the gospel industry at the time because I used to be more involved in that then. And there was this moment where someone with like 600 followers tweeted the truth, some uh, like abuse, but they'd done it in a way where they were attacking something he'd done. And this is before he'd had like the affair, okay? So this is like way before that. And so there's this situation. He's doing something which people think is slightly risque in terms of the way he's ministering and connecting. They do this tweet which jabs at him, which gnarls him. He sees it on his phone and he replies to it. He replies to that person. And me and my friend were like chatting, we're like, why did he do that? Why did he take the bait? That guy had 600 followers. No one heard him. When the truth tweeted him back, everyone heard him. Like it went from being 600, that 600 people possibly saw him, most of them probably just scrolled past and didn't pay attention. But now 20,000, 30,000 people have seen this guy's foolishness because you've bought it. Whereas actually, if you just turn the other tweet, it's all avoided. I remember the same thing happened to Governor. Someone tweeted him something and he replied, I was like, dude, what are you doing? You've got a platform. He's nothing. He has nothing on you. But so often what we do in life is someone does something to us and we bite, we take the bait, whether it's face to face, where it can be in a conversation with a small group and people can keep running with that joke, winding you up again and again and again. It can cause you to play it over in your head. Sometimes you can go away from a situation where someone said something painful to you and Instead of being your usual self where you had that comeback, where you had that answer, where you got out of it, you felt like you looked stupid. And because you looked stupid, you felt vulnerable. And you've gone away and for one day, two days, three days till you see that person again. You're replaying it over again and again and again in your head that I should have said this. Oh, why didn't I come back with that? Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I say that? And it starts to eat up your life. And no one else around you is aware of it, but you're doing all this stuff, going through all this stuff, replaying it. And then what happens when you're with that person again, what happens is you start to act different around them. You want to retake that situation. You want to get that power back. And because you've bit that one time, they're just keeping you on that hook and they've just got you there and you're trapped in this place. And what Jesus is saying here is he's saying, you want to know how to deal with your enemies. You want to know how to take the power back. You want to know how to keep yourself free so you're not hooked on their fish line. I say to you who hear, Love your enemies. Do good to those. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To the one who strikes you on the cheek. After the offer also. Guys, one of the most powerful things you can do on social media is every now and then I've got friends and guys who like proper hate on me. Um, 
like since since doing this especially i don't understand it there have been some people that have been a bit jealous of me doing this and i'm like if you saw what i'm kind of doing i don't understand what you're jealous about like i don't get your problem but some people hate some people want to see you fail some people want to rub things in your face and the best thing you can do is turn the other tweet the best thing you can do is just ignore it the best thing you can do is when you get that hate comment when you get that thing or that person that's trying to send for you you just let it go you completely wax over it, completely ignore it on social media. Take away the power from it. Take it away. So often we give in to things that we don't need to give in to. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? So often we talk about like, oh, it's okay, I'm just gonna like just cut off, just shut off from these kind of people, shut off from this kind of world. But Jesus' teaching is like, actually like loving people that love you back isn't actually a lot of credit. It's not that hard for you to love a person that loves you, but to love those who mistreat you, love you, those who put you in those situations. And actually you can see the change in someone. Like the kids I work with um, in the job that I, I've started recent, uh, a couple months back, um, some of those guys, like they're so used to rejection. And so when you start believing in them, you can actually see them be more abusive to you than if you just are totally chilled and you're like, bite back and you're chilled and they say something, they do something and you bite back and you go for them. The response you'll get will be they're used to that. They're used to rejection and they're used to abuse and they're used to that. But when you love them, it brings all of it to the surface and you see all of this stuff come up. But what you're doing is you're being exactly what Jesus calls you to be, which is salt and light. He calls us to be salt and light in this earth. He calls us to be a part of the restoration. He calls us to be a part of the healing process, the redeeming process within our culture. Now, every time someone sends for us, every time someone says something abusive to us and we respond in kind, we maintain, we sustain, and we fuel the current system that we live in that none of us even want to be a part of. For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, there's no credit in that to you. Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. A.K.A. He's kind and merciful to you and to me. Be merciful even as your father is merciful. Judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. He also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? That is a really valid question. Will they not both fall into the pit? What happens when someone gets you one of those marks, and when someone says one of those things to you, when someone says something that hurts you, and you respond in kind, what you're doing is you're being led by them. You're being led by them somewhere. And they're blind, and in their blindness, they're making these jabbing remarks, and they're treating you in this way, and you're being hurt. But when you respond in the same way back, what you're doing is you're in effect being led by them the same way they're going. They're going into a pit. Do we want to go there as well? Is that where we want to be kind of led with our lives? He says, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone when he is fully trained will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, 
let me take the speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye. You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck that is out of your brother's eye. For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. So what we have is we have kind of Jesus laying down these ways of how we interact with people that are not necessarily favorable for us, that are not for us, that are not with us, that are against us. And it is so unbelievably key in life to pick up on the teachings that Jesus kind of drops in Luke 6 and in Matthew 5 because so like life doesn't run smoothly. It's not like you make a decision that you're going to live a life in balance, in perfect peace and in good step and in love and in grace and in mercy and you're going to live this great forgiving life where you're going to forgive people of stuff that they do to you without them doing stuff to you. It's just not going to happen that way. You're not going to live in a world where you go to work and people don't mistreat you. You're not going to live in a friendship circle where you don't have frenemies. Like if you do, please let me in on the secret because I've never been a part of a friendship circle where there isn't a hater. It just doesn't happen. Like you still have it. And even if you don't have it, there'll be a moment in your life when something will happen in your life and you'll find out who your friends are because your friends will be the people that celebrate with you. And you'll find out very quickly that some of your friends aren't as good of friends as you think they are because you find out they can't celebrate when something good happens in your life. They have to start talking about something in their life. And you can celebrate with them, but they might not celebrate with you. And what are you going to do when those kind of things put themselves forward? What are you going to do? Are you going to be led by the blindness? Are you going to see them say something that hurts you and then you respond in kind and you become like them? Are we going to have a case of the blind leading the blind forever? Or are we going to step outside of the cycle? Are we going to follow Jesus and are we going to turn the other tweet? Are we going to take what they say to us and say, he is about sin, cast the first hashtag. Like, I realize my mess and I see in you the situation you're in, but someone's got to break this chain. Someone's got to break this circle. We can't just keep going around in this rotation anymore. Someone's got to step outside of it. Someone's got to show them what love is outside of the love we define by. Jesus lists here that if you love others who love you, what benefit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And I think that's the key phrase. I think so often we talk about love, but really what we're talking about isn't love. We're talking about something where someone only loves someone that loves them back, whereas Jesus doesn't talk about a love like that. He talks about a love that transcends that and steps into you don't love me, but I love you. You mistreat me, but I will do you good. And this is the social change that Jesus calls for his disciples to have. And the reason he calls them to have it is he acknowledges that he is our rabbi, we are his disciples, and that as our rabbi, they rejected him. He says, if you follow me truly, they will reject you too. Here's how you deal with how they treat you when you become like me, because they're going to treat you the same way they treated me. If we pursue love, people will want to put the bait out. When we start to step forward into being different, people want to challenge it. I remember way back at just even 15 years of age, like I used to always be drunk. Every weekend I was smashed and crazy drunk completely gone and I remember when Jesus like had this moment where I connected with him at that age and I was like I don't want to do this anymore I remember going out of my friends 
and all we'd do is just get smashed and fight in a park and cause trouble. And I still wanted to go to the park and hang with my friends because they're my friends. So I went. But all of a sudden, we'd go to these pubs and things like that, and we'd all be drinking underage. That's what we did. And I remember being like, oh, they're like, oh cool, doing a round. And they're like, so Andy, what are you having? I was like, I have an orange juice. Like, I did not realize me changing my order would bring such devastation to a group of individuals that shouldn't really care about what I drink. The devastation was insane. Like, people started getting concerned. Are you okay? Are you feeling all right? Don't worry, Andy, we'll get a pint down you. Everything will be okay. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. Things are awesome. Like, things have never been this good. No, it's cool, Andy, man. We'll just go outside, we'll have a spliff. It'll all be okay again. Don't worry, Andy, man. I'll do you a flipping, you know, dirty pint. Some aftershock in it, it'll be all right, man, it'll be cool. And I'm like, dudes, like seriously, I just want an orange juice. I just want an orange juice. That's not to say I don't drink now, I love a drink. But what I'm saying is, as soon as you step out to be different, everyone around you will try and stop that. And that's why Jesus says, if you're my disciple and you follow me this way, you need to know these lessons because if you don't, someone's going to kick you in the nads and you're going to kick them in the nads back. And some people are going to slap you in the face because he's not talking about necessarily in the passage we look at next week, necessarily talking about um, uh, just generally anti-violence in every level. But someone's going to slap you in the face, a sign of disrespect in a public argument, wanting you to change your, your opinion, change your viewpoint. And you're going to offer them the other cheek. You're going to have to look, they're going to have to look you in the eye and you're still going to stand on the same ground. You're not going to shift. You're not going to change. That's what he's talking about. And you see, when we follow Jesus, if we truly follow him, people are not going to like the way we conduct ourselves from now on. They're going to have huge issues with it. You may have been the world's biggest douche. You may have treated people so badly in the past, but as soon as you start to commit to be different, everyone wants you to be a douche. Believe it or not, it's the gospel truth because I was a douche and everyone said they didn't like me. And then I tried to be a different person because Jesus called me to be something different and everyone wanted to sustain me as a douche. That's what happens, guys. So I want to encourage you guys all to just really dig into Luke chapter 6. There's so much more good stuff in here. Like the whole chapter is like a solid, solid chapter. It's just awesome. Loads and loads of wisdom. But today we're looking at this particularly because in our society, social media is huge. Trolling is huge. There is this separation between how we interact with a person online and how we interact face-to-face is so radically different. I'm not saying all interaction has to be face-to-face, but I'm saying when you're online, still think face-to-face when you're interacting because we do not want to become like that. We want to become like our rabbi. We want to become like our, our Jesus that we follow because he was on top of it. He didn't take the bite. He knew when to turn the other tweet and he also knew when to challenge them as well. So we just are going to end this with um, a time of prayer. Father God, we just come before you and we just pray for your wisdom, Father, that we would have the wisdom that you have. There are times when you told people about themselves. There are situations where you didn't answer. There are situations when you asked a question. Uh, There are situations we did things in all manner of different ways, but so often we can be so careless of our words online and act in a way we would never even act face to face. And that's sad. We just pray, Father, that you would speak to us, that we would become better followers of you, having um, listened to this, having read through this passage, having looked at it. Lord God, we pray you give us the strength and the diligence and the power to be different. We pray that you would transform us from the inside out. Father God, help us this week because we really want to be like you. And we know that there even sometimes close family members, even friends, all different kinds of people aren't always cheering us on, aren't always celebrating with us. Help us to be people that celebrate with them. Help us to acknowledge the friends we do have that celebrate us. It's easy to love them, but help us to love those that 
can, in all honesty, be a bit of a pain in the butt. Lord, we just pray you be with us and help us to be a light to them in Jesus' name. Amen.